This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 221, Benefit from the Rising Cost of College with self-banking superstar Marty Smith. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Welcome to this week's episode. We've got another superstar locked and loaded, ready for you guys to just dive in on. Now, this is going to come from one of our office hours, uh, but the concept that we're going to be covering together today is how to cover the cost of college, the in insane rising cost of college, while not vaporizing your retirement at the same time. I was looking uh, on some research for this episode and found that the average college tuition has experienced an inflation rate of 6.3% per year since 1977. This means, in other words, college tuition that cost 20 grand in the year of 1977 would cost over $304,000 in 2021 for an equivalent college purchase. Now, some people might debate that that's still a valuable degree that the cost has gone up while the value has gone down. I'm not here to debate that today. What I'm here to say is if you've got kids on path for a college education, or if you yourself see yourself heading back to school, you've got to think of an important way, a valuable way to protect your money without vaporizing it for other projects and goals you might have, like a down payment on your house or your own retirement. So take this episode. It's with Marty Smith, a vice president of Security Mutual Life Insurance of New York, one of the companies we uh, absolutely endorse and recommend for the bank on yourself strategy. But he's here today to talk about a particular tool you can use to cover that cost of college in a way that maybe most of us have not heard of before. And using something called the Combo Writer, He'll show you some ways you are able to not only defeat the, the dragon of college tuition, but actually benefit your own retirement in the process. Now, uh, savvy listeners would know that Marty is a repeat guest. He's been a guest on our show, episode 143. I tell all about the combo writer. So he's going to share more detail about that in a real life example of a family that had to find a way to cover that giant cost of college. So take it away, Marty Smith. Uh, let me start with uh, just a brief introduction. Marty is the regional vice president of Security Mutual Life Insurance Company of New York. Uh, Marty loves the infinite banking and bank on yourself concepts. Uh, he's been a dear friend of mine for about a decade now and or more maybe. And I've had the privilege of hanging out with him in some of the coolest places. Um, but I love his passion for and his ability to describe the, uh, the bank on yourself concept. And since he's got a specific connection to one of my favorite companies for bank on yourself, Security Mutual Life, I thought it would be really cool to invite him to come on and share anything that's on his mind. So Mr. Marty, I'd, I'll leave it to you, my friend. Well, thank um, you, you very much, Mark. The floor is yours. Sure. That's great. Well, what I want to do is tell a little story about policy loans. I really am the champion of uh, the infinite banking bank on yourself concept that security mutual. I am the go-to person that people come to because I'm the bank on yourself guy. I, I love showing people how to become their own banker and uh, how to bank on themselves. And the reason I do it is 
because it works and it works for me personally too. So that, that's what I love. So today I wanted to tell you a little story. There's a mom and dad in their late forties. They have three children, 16, 14, and 12. They want to pay for college, right? And they, but they need to save for retirement too. So the question is, oh man, how do I do both? You know, can I do both at the same time? And the, the good news for this couple was, is that they had $200,000 to put away right now. Their plan was to spend because of, I don't want to get into all those details, but the plan was to spend like $30,000 each for every year for all the four years of the children. So it would be, you know, four times 30,000 times three. Wow, that's 360,000. They're going to need to start paying in two years because of their eldest son, who's 16. You know, mom is still a little concerned about, uh, you know, making sure they have enough life insurance on dad because of all these things. And because dad uh, is the traditional breadwinner in this. So, so that's it. So the question is, in the past, I would say, hey, listen, they're, they're more than halfway to their goal. They have $200,000 sitting in cash right now. That should be great news. But wait, is it? Is it really good news? Does anybody see a problem with this? Now, in the past, I wouldn't have seen a problem. I would say, oh, man, thank God. Yeah, thank God we can, we're almost halfway there. You know, you know we're going to scrimp. We're going to get by because, you know, you know, dad makes around a buck 50, a little bit more in order to do this. So, but, you know, it's great that they're savers and they had this money put away. But I, I believe that this is a problem. I mean, it's great to have $200,000 to pay for college. But what happens if I give this 200000 plus another 160000 to the college. What happens to that money? Well, it's spent. It's gone. It's consumed. It's lost forever. They're never going to earn interest on that money again. That, that's the problem. They're never going to earn interest on that money again. So from my perspective, being a banker, you know, you know I believe the potential solution is they need to become their own banker, the bank on themselves, they need to use dividend paying cash value, whole life insurance. And there are four main reasons for that. The first reason is they already have money, right? But they need to accumulate that money in a tax-free position there right now for college to be able to use it. Plus, potentially, they need that money inside that wrapper for the future, for the, potentially for their retirement. The second reason is what the life insurance policy does, it offers you access to cash right away, offers you access to cash tax-free through policy loans. The third reason is we've got this great little rider at Security Mutual. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get into it all today, but we call it the combo rider. But what that does is it allows you to have extreme premium flexibility and to put even more money into the policy down the road when you probably would have it when you start making more. And the fourth reason is, guess what? If we put life insurance on top of this whole scenario, we ensure that the kids are going to college. We ensure mom has income for the future and potentially for retirement. So those are the four reasons I like to do that. So now try to imagine this. We need to get the money into the policy if we're going to do this as fast as we can. So the lucky thing about our life insurance policy is there's lots of flexibility. 
a portion of the premium was going to go towards the base premium of the policy. The majority of the money can go towards cash, towards what we call the paid up additions, right? So in the scenario I was talking about, imagine this, 10,000 is going to go towards the base. 90,000 is going to go towards cash because guess what I'm going to need? Well, I'm going to need cash in, within two years in order to start paying for college, right? So that's how I'm going to do that. The death benefit is going to be around two and a half million. Now, the reason it's around two and a half million is because, well, that's a nice, it's a good sum of money there. It's going to take care of a lot of the problems for paying for school, paying for a continuing income and put, put some money away for the college, right? Now, the thing is, it would have been nice to try to get 200000 into the policy all at once. And, you know, the idea is what, what we create is a MEC premium. We can't do that. But what we're going to do is we're going to put in $100,000 right now, backdate the policy six months. So six months from now, I can get the other two hundred, the other 100000 in in the same format. So within six, seven months, I'm going to have $200,000 into that policy. Most of that money is going to show up as what right away? It's going to show up as cash value. All right. So now this is the other thing that I want you to understand and try to hold on to. We're, we're going to use the life insurance contract as the accumulator of cash, right? We're going to put it, we have the $200,000 to put in. What happens when your kids start going to college? Well, if mom was more of a stay at home, kind of mom, whatever. Mom wants to go back into the workforce. She wants to make money. So the idea behind this was the couple, mom and dad, would say, hey, listen, mom's going to start working again. She's going to start putting more money into the policy because we're going to put in $100,000 in year one and year two, and then we're going to put in $30,000 down the road, ideally. So what does that do? Well, it gets mom back in the workforce. And ideally, What's going to happen is we're going to have the cash for college where? Inside the policy. We're going to have, what's the second thing? We're going to have the death benefit, which ensures that this is all going to take place in case anything happened to dad. The third thing is, ideally, if we didn't have to use this money for college, what's going to happen to the 200000 plus the other 30000 that's going to go in for 18 years? We're going to put in around you know, 700,000, a little more than 700,000. What's going to happen 20 years from now? I'm going to have more than a million dollars. The death benefit's going to increase to almost $3 million. I'm in a great position. Ideally, that's what I would like to happen, right? That's what I really would love to happen. But guess what? What's going to actually happen? Well, this is what we're planning for too. So actually, what's going to happen is two years from now, when the first son is in college, we're going to, they're going to pay $30,000 into the contract. Mark, how much of that 30000 shows up as cash value, you think, because of the way we've designed this policy? Yeah, if, if it's going in as P-Ways, probably almost all of it. Guess what? All of it's going in. <laughs> no. And, the, uh, you know, a third of it's going in as base premium, too. So the point is, at this point in time, because of the way we set this up, all the money that they put in now, all the premium that goes in shows up as cash value. So imagine this. I put in 30, 30, and what am I going to do? I'm going to take it out, right? Right? I put it in, I'm going to take it out, and I'm going to do this for the next eight years because the kids, this may be your situation, they're going to overlap. 
for the first two years, the first son's in and then he's in. Then the daughter goes in for four years. And then two years after that, the other other son comes in for the last four years there. So they're going to put in 30, take out 30, put in 30, take out 30, put in 30, take out 60, right, for a four-year period. So guess what? So what they're going to do is they're going to access the $360,000 that they plan to use for college from where? From policy loans. At the end of that 10th year, when the final child is finished with college, what's the principle of the policy loan? It's the 360000 It's a 5% variable loan. What's the loan interest? Well, it's going to be around 90000 So they're going to own, owe around 450000 on that policy, right? Now, what's good about that? Well, if mom and dad said, hey, you know what? Things have gone to hell in a handbasket, whatever. But you know what? I like having this death benefit. I like having this $2 million death benefit. Let's just keep paying the premiums. So according to their ideal plan, they're going to continue to pay the premiums, right? Because that's what they have right now. So they're going to continue to pay another 300000 into the policy. The death benefit's going to stay the same, like $2.2 million out of the two point five originally, right? What's the cash value going to be after 20 years? Well, they put in literally 740000 They're going to have 300000 60,000 of cash value available. They're going to stop paying premiums. Two to three years later, they're going to have 380 in cash value. They could at that time surrender the, surrender the policy and get all their cash back. Every dollar they put into the contract would come back to them, correct? Or they could do nothing, let it ride, and have this $2 million death benefit for the next four or five years, and then it would gradually decrease. But by the time mom and dad are in their 90s, they still have close to a million dollar death benefit. Is that a good deal or not? Well, that's a good deal whether they use it or not, right? That's the way that that would work. But guess what? There's another way to do this. So the second thing that I want you to understand is this. What happens since we've educated people about how this life insurance policy works, what happens if I repaid that loan? So that's what I want to talk about now. You know, the question is in scenario two, what happens if we repay the loans? What happens to the contract? Well, the whole point is how do policy loans really work? How do life insurance policy loans really work? And so the issue is, well, how hard is it to get a, a life insurance policy loan? Well, it's pretty easy. All you do is you ask for it, right? Next thing you know, they, they ask you what your routing number is on your bank account and the money's in there and before you know it, right? You're going to get charged for that policy loan, right? There's going to be interest, right? If you don't pay the interest for 12 months, what happens? The policy loan interest accrues to the loan principal, Right? So it continues to get bigger as you go along. But the real question is, what happens when you pay the policy loans back? And this is the real issue here. Who's in control when you take a policy loan? Is the life insurance company in control or are you in control? Now, the real, the real answer to that is you're in control. The only thing that the life insurance company tells you is, oh, well, this is the loan interest rate. So the issue is, when do you have to pay your loan back? Who's in control of that? Well, you are. That's the point. You are. 
you pay back when you want to. Well, how much do I have to pay back? Well, who's in control of that? Well, you are too. That's the point. The point is you're in control of that. You can pay what you want there. And then the real issue is what happens if you pay it all back? So think about this. I told you that at the end of the 10th year, the total loan for this particular family was 450000 If they could, at that point in time, write a check for 450000 and that's possible because you don't know where money comes from. It's always a surprise in life. You know, could be an inheritance, could be you know, a, a brand new job could be from a business. It, you, you never know what's going to happen. If you paid all that 450000 where's that money going to show up? Well, it shows up in whose pocket? Well, if you pay back the loan principal and the loan interest to the life insurance company, the amount of the loan principal and the amount of the loan interest plus any gain on that shows up in whose pocket? Shows back up in your policy. It restores the contract. If you want to pay the loan off over a series, let's say over the next 10 years through a series of equal payments over there, so you're going to pay interest, principal and interest back during that time, what happens at the end of that time? It shows back up in your policy, right? If you waited to the 20th year, imagine this, you borrowed $360,000, you are being charged 5% loan interest all during that time. In the 19th year, so this is what I want you to imagine. <laughs> At the 19th year, you owe close to $700,000, plus you have a $30,000 premium payment still due. What happens if you paid back the $698,000 plus the $30,000 life insurance premium? The entire amount of those of the loan principal, the loan interest, and the premium show up in whose pocket? It shows back up in your pocket. It restores the contract to over a million dollars, what you wanted to do right from the start. I think that's what people don't understand. So let's go back to this again. Let's try to hold on to this thought. The parents, the way they set things up, could pay cash, right? That's how they could do it. But if you pay cash to the financial institution or to the, or to the college, who gets that money? They do. You're, that money spent, consumed, gone, lost forever. You never earn interest on it. That's an opportunity cost problem. But what not it an opportunity cost problem over here? What happens? Imagine this. If the co- I went to the college, I said, hey, listen, I got three kids. You know, you told me I've had to pay 30000 for the next, you know, for each one of them for the four years that they're going to be here. And the college says, hey, you know what? We're going to give you that money. No problem. We're going to charge you 5% interest, but you don't have to pay it back. In fact, we're going to make a deal for you, man. You don't have to pay this back for 20 years. We're going to start right here in 20 years from now. You can pay it back then. How's that sound to you? Is that good? Well, it might be around $700,000, but you know, you can do that. And you would say, depending on that time, oh, well, maybe that's the only way I could afford this. But think about that. If you were to pay them that 700000 that you owed them 20 years later, you'd have to take it out of your pocket and give it to them. What happens if you repay that loan in that fashion? Every dollar you gave them is going to be in their pocket and out of yours. It's gone, spent, consumed, lost forever. The opportunity costs problem again. But this is why it's a big deal. If you do this, if you become your own banker, if you bank on yourself. 
If you use the policy loan options that you have in your contract, every dollar that you pay, right? Why is this a big deal? Because if you owed all this money, right, to your own bank, to your life insurance policy, who's going to get that money? Technically, it's going to go to the life insurance company to repay the loan and loan principal, but every dollar of that loan principal, every dollar of that loan interest shows back up in whose pocket. That's why it's a big deal. That's why you want to bank on yourself because literally you're taking it from one pocket and putting it into the other. And what are you going to do once all the contract, once the cash value has been to restored over a million, what's the going to happen with the death benefits being restored to 3 million? You have your choice. You can let it ride and enjoy the death benefit down the road or access it for other things, or you can start taking income. What did mom and dad really want in the beginning? They wanted to create a retirement income stream for them. If you put it, have over a million dollars in the life insurance policy, you know, normally you can take around 5% of that, 5% of a million, 1.2 million is around 60,000. They could, and if they lived long enough, if dad lived, you know, to age 100, he could take out $60,000 for the next 30 years. That's $1.8 million and still have, you know, a $700,000, $800,000 death benefit at age 100. It's exactly what they would want. That's the importance of paying back a loan. That's the reason why you become your own banker, because you're not creating wealth for the college. You're not creating wealth for some other financial institution. This is a personal wealth building strategy because who's in control of the loans? You are. When the loan is repaid, who in effect receives the benefit? You do. This is where this is where you really have to do this as an intergenerational kind of thinking process there when you become your own banker. Do grandma and grandpa want to pay for a kid's education? Well, of course they do. Do they have the cash to do that? Well, maybe not. You know, most times they don't, right? But do they own property? Do they own a house? What's going to happen within the next 20, 25 years from now? They're going to be gone. Their assets are going to transfer to whom? Well, they're going to transfer to mom and dad. Now, as you know, you can, as mom and dad, not get them involved, or you can get them involved and start thinking like, well, wait a second, mom and dad, I want you to speak. I want you to speak to somebody who understands this concept that we have, that we, that we enjoy and we practice. We need to talk to you about becoming your own banker. Would you like to help pay for college? Yes. This is the way that it could be done. There's the story that's been told. Part of, the, part of your assets, whatever, we can guarantee that this is going to happen so that there's going to be money to help pay down the road, or we can you know, let the chips fall where they may. We're still going to have money down the road in order to pay for this. So why is mom and dad not too worried about this? Because they know from their particular instances of their own parents, of the potential inheritance that they're going to receive. And they want to have a conversation with their parents in order, in order to make sure that the family transfers their wealth from that generation to the next and beyond. So pretty cool stuff. Yeah. You need a parking place. Your money has to live somewhere. As Nelson would say, 
Um, right. And it's either going to live at someone else's bank or in your policy. So wonderful story, Marty. Your wisdom and your passion is unparalleled in the financial <laughs> universe, my friend. And I appreciate you being willing to share some of your wisdom with us today. Thank you so much for allowing me to be on with you and your crew here. I'm happy to do oh, it there. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks so, so much. much. Thank you, Marty, for all the great wisdom. As always, the power of letting that cash in the policy grow rather than paying cash for college where you lose that opportunity to ever see the money again. If you put the money in the policy first, you own the cash. You own the wealth. It's yours and really your family's for life. The empowering message here is you can own and control the outcome before you even begin. You can own and benefit from that rising cost of college. It doesn't have to be a dragon you slay. You can hop on that dragon's back and go flying through space. So I hope that's been an inspiring episode. I always love hearing Marty describe this. He really is like the rock star of the Bank on Yourself world. So thank you, Marty, for your time and contributions to our office hours. Again, guys, if you want to be a part of the office hours uh, that we do monthly, you've got to be a part of our membership site to be a part of it. You can go to notyouraverage.mn.co to become a member and be notified of other special guests and superstars that we bring on to our office hours each and every month. So check that out. It's notyouraverage.mn.co. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your college, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.